Today I'm joined by filmmaker, director, producer, writer, Mr. Sam Cadman. How are you doing, Sam? I'm very good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. This year marks 20 years of Trigger Happy TV. Does it feel like it was that long ago, or...? Well, you know, Tom and I have been re-watching them, you know, as as part of uh, lockdown. And when we watch them, it does feel like 20 years ago. In my mind, you know, before we did this, which happened quite sort of spontaneously, just out of, you know, the kind of boredom that we've all had, we've all sort of endured, um, it all seemed very fresh and it seemed like yesterday. But watching them and you realise there are huge swathes of it that you've just sort of forgotten. And in actual fact, your memory of it is really kind of like the six best bits of the entire experience. <laughs> you know, it's kind of, you know, it was a long time ago. It was fun to do, and, and um, you know, Don still makes me laugh a great deal. It, it, it takes a certain kind of skill to want to go and do things like that, and he's really good at doing it. And it, or you know, made me realise that actually, we were we were very lucky to go to be able to to be paid to go and do that. I mean, I don't think you would be now. Certainly at that level, at the, at the point we were at, we'd be having to do it on on social media for sure. Yeah. It would be a YouTube show these days. Definitely. I mean, like, we would have been encouraged to have, like, yeah, kept that channel going on YouTube for a while and basically, you know, whatever broadcaster was eventually going to pay us to make a series wouldn't have had to have essentially, you know, support us from the start, which is really what Channel 4 did. Yeah. That's the the interesting thing from watching the watch-alongs is... Uh, how much you pair got away with, um, like just being left to your own devices, really? Absolutely, and and pre nine eleven, you know, I think I think nine eleven really changed how people behaved around people being odd in public, you know, because yes, the stakes were much higher at that time. You know, re- I mean, we were not joking. We really didn't. It was a combination of we had a really good lawyer at Channel Four who was really on our side. And he was always trying to see how we could make things work or, 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 or you know, deal with releases that perhaps we hadn't got or whatever. Uh, so so we, we had the kind of support from the broadcaster. So obviously you were the, the lead camera operator on uh, Trigger Happy TV, which meant you got left after Dom ran off a lot of the times. Are there any uh, particular celebrity moments that stand out there? You got like left with someone famous? I kind of, I, I, those, I sort of, with the, those I enjoyed the least because for exactly that reason. Dom yeah. was always going to run off and then I had to go through this kind of awkward 20 minutes of trying to leave without sounding like I was kind of in on it, you know? And I sort of had this whole lie that I was essentially a kind of, cameraman for hire who'd been freelanced in to to do this gig and I didn't know who Dom was and I didn't know what was happening and I would call my office and I would often call Dom afterwards pretending he was my kind of like diary service that had booked me and I'd be saying you know I don't know what this guy he just you know punched this bloke and then ran off and uh, so it was it was quite an ordeal to get to a point where I could then leave I um you know, normally it was fine. The only person who really, I felt really uncomfortable was Gordon Ramsay. And yeah. I, I really like his shows, 
but he's a he's a pretty intimidating guy and I, and I really thought he just had that you know that you know like sometimes you meet people and you realize they have no fear of getting into a fight yes just not a problem for them and I felt that a bit with him I felt like he just he didn't care like if it was if you know if someone was going to get punched he wasn't worried about it and if, if you're not like that it's kind of like that's pretty intimidating yes but, but that one wasn't shown, was it? The Gordon No, Ramsey didn't show it. And, you know, one thing we've realised watching these watch-alongs is, you know, some it, it kind of get the mythology of it all gets a bit mixed up. I can't remember, remember why we, we, we couldn't show that. I just remember he was really unimpressed. You know, he just thought we were real. Uh, I mean, it was really, you know, you feel really foolish. <laughs> <laughs> There's the um, the brilliant line from uh, John McCrick when Dom collapses and he just goes, I don't know what type of programme this is. Yeah. <laughs> but that for us, that was a kind of, that was what we were aiming for all the time. I mean, that, it, there was, it was almost like a sort of schoolboy prank, you know, sort of playground antics to it. You know, it was the, 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 the purest trigger happy jokes was really just wasting someone's time. <laughs> something that was totally... Silly, you know. Yeah, you said there's a, you know, in your head, it's there's about six sort of standout moments where, like, that you thought the show was until you started watching it back. Uh, is there anything that sort of shocked you going back to it where you're like, oh god, I can't even remember doing that? Loads of it, like you know, the the snail crossing the zebra crossing, which was a real fave of ours, probably top three. You know, everything about it was right. We got we'd had this great costume. And Dom, you know, when he had a costume that he really believed in, he'd really go for it. And, and that's an example, I think, of the snail crossing where, you know, just as a director, if you've got talent who feel utterly confident in what they're doing, that's when you get the result. Compared to, we went, we obviously, <laughs> I'd completely forgotten about this. We went back to that same zebra crossing some months later with this hare and tortoise costume that was... Don was the tortoise, and, and the idea was he would take a long time crossing the zebra crossing, and then this hare, someone in a hare costume would come racing past. And, you know, it's sort of, even explaining it, it feels like a bad joke. And you can see that Don just isn't into it, and, and, and partly because the costume of the, tur- tur- of the tortoise isn't particularly good either. And, you know, that's an example of, like, in my mind, I've just, I've just recorded over that. Like, yeah. I had idea when it, when I was kind of watching it back before we did the watch along I was like what the hell is this I, I mean literally you know it's very odd watching things that you know you were a part of but you have no memory of it ever <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like a coping strategy yeah yeah you just blank those bits out <laughs> yeah exactly was was it always your ambition to work in tv because I know it was a bit of a fluke how you met Dom no, I went to art school and I graduated thinking I, re- I wanted to be like Andy Warhol. You know, I wanted to be a fine artist. I wanted a studio. You know, I really saw myself as an artist. And I had a studio and I, and I was making these sort of enormous abstract sort of screen prints. And I got to a point where I realized it was like supply without demand. <laughs> you know, it's like no one was asking me to make these things. I was just making them. And, and at about that same time, I had a friend who had started, he'd be, he was an in-house runner at Ridley Scott Associates, the advertising, aid, the production company in Soho. Yeah. And so we were starting to hang out there in the evening. And, you know, advertising in the, in the middle 90s was, was, you know, having a real boom. It was, you had some amazing stuff being done. 
And I thought, I, this is where I want to be. That you know, this this these are the this is how I want to live my life. And so I started running on commercials. And then I did. I met Dom quite tangentially when I was serving Robert Plant in that pub up in Primrose Hill. He used to live in Charcot Square. And um, and you know, we started hanging out together and we literally we just kind of worked you know we'd think of silly things to do and then i'd film him doing it and that was that and 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 you know we we were just lucky we were lucky that it kind of had a had a momentum and we just went with it yeah it wasn't it wasn't like i went to media study i did media studies and wanted to be a tv director it's you know and it took several years to really it took several years of advertising, directing to commercials, yeah. directing commercials to feel like I actually was a director because I didn't, you know, I just thought it just didn't feel like that to start with. Yeah. Like Trigger Happy felt more like a sort of you and your friend hanging out, making funny stuff rather than... Yeah. And it was like being in a band. I mean, we, you know, it was, we, we it's all we wanted to do. You know, we, we had so much fun doing it. We just hung out all the time. We lived around the corner from each other. You know, we'd go to the pub after we'd finished work for the day yeah like it was a really i was very lucky to have that time you know um maybe that maybe everyone has their version of it in their 20s but you know it was definitely a highlight in my life that period your online handle uh for like instagram and twitter and stuff is mr codlar right which comes from a, a, a gallery on your website and uh, i wondered if you wanted to explain about that yeah so you know, my name is Sam Cadman, which when you see that written, to me is always seeming has seemed incredibly clear. Maybe because my mum was a graphic designer or something, but it, you know, it's S-A-M-C-A-D-M-A-N. It's like to me, it seems really kind of straightforward. But over the years, and less so now because things are all digitized, but you know, for many years I'd get my name misspelled. And it was really on, on on letters. So, you know, Sad Cadman. In fact, I think Sad Cadman was from Channel 4. Oh, wow. Cadman, Sam, Sam Sadman. Uh, I mean, the, if you go to the website, there's tons of them. Sam Caddyman, Simno Cadman, Mr. Codlar, Mr. Lauman. I mean, it's it's sort of, and it's, it, there's, I think I've got about 30 of them and you you couldn't make some of them up, but they're all totally, totally real, you know. Yeah. And every now and then I do I do occasionally still get one or two and they go up on that website. <laughs> and you just you'd like to miss the Codlar as uh, as your handle. I I like I was pretty sure that no one else would have that. <laughs> C O D L A. Like I don't know where in the world that might be a name. <laughs> your your main work these days is in ads. And you've done you've done work for Virgin Airways, IKEA, Burger King, some huge companies. Like, how how did that all start? Was that a follow on from Trigger Happy? Or so I, well, yeah. So I was like I say, I was already running on commercials and music videos, and I would always be saying to the exec producers, like, you know, I really I really want to direct. I, I guess that's what I said because I can remember there was one uh, particular company, and she, this lady Jane Fuller, she said to me. Wait for your wait for your trigger happy series to come out and and see what happens then. And she was totally right. Like within two weeks of trigger happy going out, I got a phone call from Charlie Crompton at Rogue Films, who I was basically with for the next twenty years. I mean, pretty much the entire run. And he said, you know, do you want to do ads? You know, and, and advertising 
you know, I think it's sort of, it's in a, di it's in a different place now, but it still feeds off whatever is topical. And so yeah. because Trigger Happy was popular, you know, a bit like how The Office permeated, permeated everything, you know, people wanted that Trigger Happy sensibility. So the early ads that I did were really just sort of very Trigger Happy-esque. But I realized very quickly that that could be a kind of like paid film school. And at the time, you know, if you were a serious director, if you were like a proper director, you shot on 35 mil film. Yeah. And I'd never done that. I had no idea how to do that. But the great thing about advertising is that, you know, you've got the budget to have all the experts around you. So I spent a bunch of years shooting on film and right at the point where I was really confident and relaxed to be shooting as a, see myself as a director and to be shooting on film, it was like, okay, forget it, film's over, we're all gonna shoot on digital now. <laughs> it was literally like I'd gone full circle and we're, and certainly now, like I, mean, I shoot things on iPhones. I mean, it's yeah, kind of crazy. I mean, I like all that, but it's just funny how these things evolve. Yeah, it's like you got into TV just as cameras were becoming digital and cheaper to make low budget TV and now, yeah, you've got, like you say. Well, and you know, some people, some people sometimes say, you know, we, I only have myself to blame for kind of the way it's all gone because, you know, that's, I remember when we were making Trigger Happy, you know, this idea of having a crew and a kind of conventional production, you know, that wasn't what we, we didn't even know how to do that. In fact, we found that the thought of that quite intimidating. What was really yeah. nice was that it'd literally be me and Dom. You know, I had this camcorder that we could put a lapel mic on that Dom would wear. That was it. And I had headphones so I could hear what he was saying, but I couldn't talk to him. And then we had two, two kind of runners or PAs who would come with us, one who would drive the vehicle and the other who would help us, like, dress up as a dog or whatever. And that was it. And it just meant that we were completely left alone. We were very cheap as a production. And, you know, we just kind of did whatever we wanted, which was a lot of fun. And actually how Dom works at his best, really. Yeah. In the world of ads, I imagine everything's a lot stricter and you've got people watching you constantly. And Yeah, and I remember doing my first commercial and I'm standing there holding the same camera that I would trigger happy with and I turned around and there's like 40 people sitting there waiting, you know, <laughs> waiting to like, I don't know, do whatever. You know, suddenly you've got six people from the agency you've got you know six people from the client you've got hair and makeup and all these different departments and that was really intimidating I used to I had I you know you had a little Vespers at the time and I used to Vesper to set because I knew that if the shit really hit the fan I could just get on my scooter and <laughs> you know it was real like kind of imposter syndrome or whatever they yeah call it. like I definitely didn't feel qualified to be there and it took a lot of years to get over that I, you know probably 10 years it took yeah. a long time to really feel comfortable on a set do, do you feel in charge now when you were you walk onto a set these days do you feel absolutely yeah. but, but but because i know what i need to be worrying about whereas i think you know when you're learning it you know there's a lot of things to worry about and you're and you you know you may not know how best to do that or who, who should be helping you or how best they can help. Whereas now, you know, and I went through it, I went to, I went and lived in LA for a while, uh, about 10 years ago. And I got an agent and I went around all the Hollywood studios thinking, right, I'm ready to go do a movie. And actually when I was offered a movie, I thought, you know, I have no idea what I'm doing here. This thing's going to be a car crash and I'll never be able to work again. 
Yeah. And that was, you know, that's quite an, quite an eye opener. And um, and it's take, you know, you have to you have to decide, right? Well, you know, do you throw in the towel or do you go away and kind of regroup? And that's kind of what I did. And I feel, yeah, certainly in the last, you know, five ten years, I definitely, you know, I know what I'm doing now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, working in the ads has got um, you to work with like some huge names. Like quite literally, in fact, as when I was uh, researching, there's a, a few brilliant pictures of you with Shaquille O'Neal. Oh my god! Where he just dwarfs you, like. I mean, I've worked with a few basketball players, but that guy is massive. He is massive, not just tall, but it's like hugging a tree. He is so big, and I, I remember he's also, you know, because he because he's so big, he can't hide. Like he can't put a pair. He can't put a hat on and, and and shades and walk down the street like the moment he steps outside everyone is looking at him and it's incre- i mean he's sort of, it's sort of, it's kind of like i don't know what the equivalent would be here but like david beckham or something like he yeah. is we I, we were filming in this um in this uh soap shop and outside it was on venice boulevard which is this big main road and it's three lanes in each direction he walks out and literally cars are stopping you know like in the fast lane and they're getting out with their children because they want him they want their, a picture of their children with Shaq I mean he's <laughs> he is such a star and 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 he really knows how to or I guess he's been forced to work out a way to live with that and he's yeah. very good at kind of, partly because you, you can't really get to him but he kind of controls it and he's very good at sort of making people feel like they've you know had a piece of him without giving it all away yeah he was cool. And actually, you know who was really cool on that job was Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. That guy's a seriously cool dude. And just, you know, like super bright and just on it. I mean, it would be fascinating to see what he goes on to do, but that's a really smart guy. Yeah. It was, it was, it was amazing, really, to go through some of your ads and see the people you've worked with. You know, there's some some huge names in there, you know. Well, and it's funny because advertising now, you know, let's say in the last five years has really taken a beating. I mean, you know, nobody wants to watch ads and the ads that people are being forced to watch aren't particularly enjoyable for lots of reasons. But, you know, at the time I kind of got into it, like you said, you know, I suppose I could have gone into TV or stuck in TV, so to speak. But, But at the time, advertising was so alive and it, there was such interesting work being done. And like I say, you could get paid properly and you got to play with all the toys. I mean, you did it, you know, you did it with all the kit. And 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 you're right. I've been very lucky to have, you know, I've been to lots of interesting places and worked with a lot of really like I worked with the DP of the Matrix. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah, we shot this thing for Microsoft. Again, this is like 15 years ago, and we shot it on phones. I don't know what phones that would have been then, but here's the guy who DP'd Matrix shooting with a little handheld phone because, you know, we kind of could. And so why yeah. not? And and um, and advertising has been very good to me like that. I've definitely been able to have some really, some really incredible experiences. And so that brings us to like last year, was it, where you were, you've uh, directed the pilot for a show called Man Overboard? Um was that crowdfunded as well? The, the yeah, so, so basically the two writers, one of them is an actor who I cast in, in, a, in a fried chicken commercial that we shot down in New Orleans, which is a fantastic city. 
And uh, he asked if I wanted to help them get this kind of taster shot of, of this uh, sitcom they were putting together. And, and I really liked it. Uh, it's basically about a, a middle-aged guy, you know, trying to survive in a marina in the Bronx. So he go, you know, in a single day, he loses everything. He's got this very comfortable middle-class life. And in a single day, it's all gone. And it's, it's been really fun. And I've got quite involved in the uh, creation of it, the development of it. And we're literally, you know, as COVID starts to lift, we'll be taking that out. And that's been really fun to do script, you know, long form scripted comedy. I'm, I'm doing another thing um, about a second generation Latino who's trying to find love in a family that's dealing with dementia. And that's kind of quite nice, too, I suppose, like an American afterlife. OK, well, yeah. Character is having to move back into his parents' apartment. Again, it's, it's set in, in New York. And the actor, the lead actor, it's, it's really, it's pretty autobiographical. And so you get these kind of fantastic pieces of dialogue that are, that are from the horse's mouth, so to speak. You know, yeah. the things that his parents actually say as they're dealing with this kind of miserable uh, uh, disease. So that's been, in fact, actually lockdown has been pretty good for me in that way. It's, it's, it's forced me to write and to really move some of these things on that probably would have sat around for longer if, uh, if it wasn't for the fact I literally couldn't work. Yeah, no excuses. Yeah. And uh, so do you, do you see yourself doing more of that now, scripted stuff rather than like the ads? And Well, I feel, you know, it was 20 years ago that Dom and I did Trigger Happy and I've been doing ads for 20 years. I feel, like I was saying earlier, you know, I really feel at the point, I feel like I'm, I have the... I'm ready to do something sort of bigger, so to speak, you know, yeah. something uh, sort of ambitious um, that uses the skill and experience I've, I've acquired. It's taken longer than I thought it would, um, and maybe it's too late, but that's definitely how I feel. And like I say, you know, if that, you know thank you uh, on behalf of me and I'm sure lots of other people, you know, that were influenced by uh, you and Dom back in the day. You know, it's really nice that people do you know i'm sure not everyone but it's nice yeah. that, that that there are people who look on it fondly and it's funny how often that comes up so i'll be you know shooting a commercial in the states and someone on you know someone in the cast will come up and say oh you know by the way i, I didn't realize but you were on trigger happy i love that show and you know and that's that's pretty cool like i say it's to me it's like being you know like a one hit wonder band or something, you know, like you know you had a go at it and people still like it and it's nice to be reminded of you know the fun that it that, that it brought everyone yeah that's brilliant and then uh, i've got to leave you with this question because this is the question i ask everyone that i'm lucky enough to interview and uh, just to set you up the answers we've had so far are steve guttenberg ricky gervais russell brand uh, and robert smith so the question is who's the most famous person you've sent a text message to oh. <laughs> Well, I give two answers. Okay. Before, before mobile phones, long before mobile phones, when I was young, my uncle was a, a, a theatrical accountant, and he was working on um, Pete Townsend's musical, which was going to be called Tin Man, I think it was, or something like that. And he gave me, my uncle gave me this script that he'd obviously, you know, someone had given him in the office. 
and I read it and, you know, I loved The Who when I was young. And uh, he'd, they'd written in the, in the margin, they'd put Pete and then a phone number. And it was like, that's got to be Pete Townsend's phone number. <laughs> phoned it up. You know, I'm like 10 or 12 or something. We phoned it up and he's like, oh, and it was him. And he's like, and he didn't know what to say. And he's like, <laughs> how'd you get this number? And we just hung up and thought, um, you know, we were going to get caught by the police. So that was a long time ago. But I, as an adult, I don't, I mean, probably uh, Jim Mangold, who directed 310 to Yuma, Walk the Line, you know, oh, right, yeah. Logan. Uh, he's been a he's been a, a really supportive friend over the years, and and I've definitely texted him. Nice, that's impressive. <laughs> he's impressive. I mean, he's the <laughs> deal. Oh my gosh! Oh yeah, way so yeah, <laughs> brilliant. And then, uh, is there anything that you want to plug while you're here? Uh, only my Instagram handle, Mister Codlar, which you very kindly mentioned. You know, that's it's always nice to get uh, more followers. And uh, and to look out for Man Overboard, uh, as and when we can make that happen. Excellent. And uh, obviously the Trigger Happy Watch Alongs on a Friday night. Well. Right. Is our, well, this Friday may well be the last one. It would be the 10th Watch Along. The last 10 weeks we've done it every, every uh, Friday night at 8 p.m. And we've kind of done, we finished season series two last yeah. Friday. So that just leaves the two Christmas specials, which I think we're going to do this uh, Friday. And then that's kind of it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they, they, you've set up a YouTube channel for those if people miss them and want to watch them back. Yeah. If you go to YouTube, um, check out the TV, watch along, you can, you can watch the uh, episodes we've done today. And, then, and so there'll be 10 in total. Excellent. Yeah, they're kind of fun. They're like a living director's commentary. Yeah, it's you know as like I say, as a fan of it, it's been fun watching them back with both you and Dom laughing at your own jokes. <laughs> yeah, I know Dom felt really self conscious about that. I said, you know, it's I think it's good that people see that he, you know, he enjoyed what he did, and he's really, you know, he's really he's just a funny guy, isn't he? Like just when he yeah. talks, it's funny. So that's for free. Excellent, Sam. Thank you ever so much. Oh, thank you, man. It was fun. You have to polish yourself, Mark.